coming up on Philosophy Talk. Latin American philosophy. I, Nezahualcoyotl, ask this. Is it true one really lives on the earth? In America, philosophy begins with Latin American philosophy. Not forever on earth, only a little while here. How does Latin American philosophy distinguish itself from European and American philosophy? Though it be jade, it falls apart. Though it be gold, it wears away. Though it be Quetzal feathers, they are torn asunder. Our guest is Joseph Orozco, author of Cesar Chavez and the Common Sense of Nonviolence. What we need to do as Latin Americans is define who we are by going back to our roots. Recorded in front of a live audience at Oregon State University in Corvallis. The idea of Latin America should stand for preserving the best of Western heritage. Latin American philosophy. Coming up on Philosophy Talk. This is Philosophy Talk, the program that questions everything. Except your intelligence. I'm John Perry. And I'm Ken Taylor. Today, we're coming to you from Oregon State University in Corvallis. Our thinking originates at Philosopher's Corner on Stanford University. Welcome, everyone, to Philosophy Talk. Our topic today is Latin American philosophy. Latin America means all of the Spanish and Portuguese-speaking parts of the Americas. We'll just say American philosophy when we mean the U.S. and Canada, and I'm going to apologize now in advance for the arrogance of that custom. Now, John, some people, no doubt, will find talk of a distinctively Latin American philosophy a little puzzling. That people like that will say, the problems of philosophy are universal and timeless. They're problems that confront all human beings everywhere, independently of their historical milieu or cultural context. And if that's your guiding conception of philosophy, it is hard to see how there can be anything deeply distinctive about Latin American philosophy, or Canadian philosophy, or North American philosophy, or British philosophy. You feel the problems of philosophy are timeless. They might be formulated in slightly different terms and idioms and in different languages. That might make some difference. But basically, at the bottom, philosophy is philosophy, no matter where, when, or in what language you do it. So you've just articulated a kind of Platonistic ideal of philosophy, John. That says, you know, philosophy is about timeless problems addressed with timeless methods. Uh, that conception of philosophy probably is dominant in Anglo-American circles like the ones we hang out in. Mostly. Yeah, but of course the circles we hang out in are pretty parochial. There are alternative conceptions of philosophy which would make the idea of a Latin American philosophy much more compelling and natural. Right, think about a broadly pragmatist uh, conception of philosophy, for example. The pragmatists say that if philosophy is to be more than just an idle wheel spinning, then both its questions and its answers to those questions have to somehow arise out of and make contact with the lived experiences of culturally and historically situated human beings. Do pragmatists know how much fun it is to be an idly spinning wheel in a cloistered office in an ivory tower? But at any rate, if you are a pragmatist, you will really see how there could be a distinct Latin American philosophy, a philosophy essentially tied to the very interesting, peculiar, unique uh, story of Latin American life, culture, history, and so, society. Okay, so let's take a look. When we look at Latin American philosophy on the ground, as it's actually done, John, well, what, what do we find? Something 
distinctively Latin American or something that looks a lot like Anglo-American philosophy or European philosophy? Well, actually, can you find both? For one thing, it's quite special. There are contemporary echoes of indigenous philosophical ideas dating even from pre-Columbian times. Well, that's certainly distinctively Latin American, no doubt about that. But then there's also a universalist strand, especially on metaphysics and epistemology. You could be in Latin America, you could be in Oxford, maybe you could be in Athens so, uh, 2,000 years ago. So you're thinking about the Latin American philosophers who have basically imported and built upon European philosophical ideas from positivism and phenomenology right down to existentialism and even our own favorite Anglo-American analytic philosophy. Yes, but when you move to social and political philosophy, there is definitely a distinctive Latin American philosophy. It's tied with a long struggle against European tyranny and American tyranny and with the whole issue of native rights. So it's no accident you're saying that Latin America is the home both of liberation theology but also of liberation philosophy. Many of the themes of Latin American philosophy, social and political philosophy, begin with a fellow I used to teach in my freshman course, Bartolome de las Casas, who was a truly fascinating figure. Tell me more about him. Well, de las Casas settled with his family in Hispaniola just 10 years after Columbus's first voyage. He grew up in the encomienda system. That means that farms and plantations were prospered based on enslaving the Native Americans. But as he grew older, he saw the injustice of this. Uh, he became a prolific writer, a priest, later a monk, and then in the last part of his career, moved back to Spain trying to convince the Holy Roman Emperor and the papal legates to abolish slavery. Yeah, but wait a minute. I abolished native slavery, but wasn't he a guy who advocated African slavery? I don't think that's so cool. Well, that's a bit of a bum rap. <laughs> he was so moved by the plight of native, uh, native Indian slavery that at one time in an early essay, he said it would be better to move to African slavery, which was already thriving, so he didn't start it. But he, he was very embarrassed by this and apologized for it in later years. Well, John, look, I suspect we're nearing the limits of our own knowledge of Latin American philosophy, but our guest, Joseph Orozco, professor of philosophy from right here at OSU, he'll help us continue the conversation and deepen our education. And we'll want our live audience here in Corvallis to join in the conversation, too. But first, our roving philosophical reporter, Caitlin Esch, talks to someone who takes Latin American philosophy out of the classroom and applies it in the real world. She files this report. When he was 18 years old, Javier Lada left Mexico and immigrated to the United States. For seven years, he worked as a farmhand up and down the West Coast, harvesting asparagus, tomatoes, and Christmas trees. The climate conditions were very heavy, you know, very, a lot of uh, heat, snow, and we were exposed to work, you know, under those conditions. We worked long hours, and we ended up getting uh, probably uh, way, way lower than the minimum wage. Lada says some days he would only make $14. It was a surprise to me to realize that the United States, you know, one of the most great nations, you know, this, this was very common. After a while, Lada reached a breaking point. He decided he had to change his life, so he studied English, took a few classes at a community college, and started learning about what it means to be a Mexican in the United States. And as I learned more about this, I realized, well, something deep is going on here. You know, it was not just the fact that I was exploited, you know, on the workforce, but it was something more. 
Lada put himself through college, earning a bachelor's degree in ethnic studies from Oregon State University. He took philosophy classes and started applying what he learned in the classroom to life. Uh, on peace studies, you know, we cover Gandhi, we cover Cesar Chavez, we cover Martin Luther King. We've got some difficult days ahead, but it really doesn't matter with me now because I've been to the mountaintop. So all these people, that, you know, they were fighting against literally the same force that I was exposed to, right? Now, as a community organizer for PICUN, Oregon's farm worker union, Lada helps laborers fight unsafe work conditions, wage theft, and harassment. A lot of workers, they don't want to lose their job. So even though they're exposed to humiliations, they're exposed to work sometimes 16 hours a day, every day, uh, and not getting paid, you know, for that time and just getting paid for hours. But at the same time, they've been treated like, you know, if you want to leave, well, you can leave, you know, go home. There's, there's 100 people behind you. Another woman came to him recently after she was threatened and blackmailed by her boss. She's been having sexual harassment, you know, from her, from her boss. Just directly asking her, you know, if you want your job, you have to do what I ask you to do. Lada says it's his responsibility as a college-educated former farmhand to take what he's learned in the classroom and fight for change in the real world. For Philosophy Talk, I'm Caitlin Ash. To hear the rest of this program, head to philosophytalk.org. Thank you for listening. And thank you for thinking.